Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast is on the air for this Thursday, August 10th, 2017. I'm Jamal here at Giant Crab on the Twitter. Caitlin's in Toronto. Hey, Caitlin, what's going on? I'm good. It's a nice day in Toronto. It's uh, around 8 p.m. It's been a pretty good week so far. Lots of wrestling. Lots of wrestling yep. coming up. So, you know, yep. can't ever complain when there's this much wrestling in my life. Exactly. Uh, two chains and Mr. Silly Sellers will join us later. But first, live and direct from the beautiful city-state nation of Singapore, local independent wrestler in Singapore, Velvet Thunder. What's going on, man? Good morning. Velvet Thunder here. It's a nice morning. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, man, really it's nice like a, a minute before 8 a.m. Friday morning, so happy Friday to you. Friday night, tonight, yeah. Looking forward to the yeah. Friday night. Right. I mean, Friday nights in Singapore, I mean, you know, it doesn't get really much better than that. Now, Singapore Pro Wrestling, uh, that's your home organization in Singapore. And it's, it's only been on the scene for a few years, uh, you know, four or five years. Where yeah. do you think, uh, why do you, do you think that in Singapore and Southeast Asia in general, uh, we see the WWE is making a big push in that region, uh, blowing up India, touring Japan and such. Do you think that's really an untapped resource or is it just a slow growth uh, right now that you're on the ground floor of? Well, FPW is not really done growing yet. Um, when it first started, it only had like 200 people coming to the shows, but now it has five, 600 people every time and WWE has noticed it. They've came to scout all the talents and a few of them have gone scouted. Wow. Apparently they're going to have a Southeast Asian tournament and then they, a few of the guys in the company might be called for that. But that's not confirmed yet. But that's of course awesome. not. You know, we certainly didn't hear that from you just now. But <laughs> so Southeast Asia, um, uh, you know, we hear uh, that, that you want to be the next, you're the breakout WWE star. And that's great. Uh, you know, I hope much success to that. And uh, as you start on your path, we hope to see you in the States very soon. And the word is that you'll be joining us in the States very soon um, within the next uh, few weeks, I hear. Yeah. yeah. So I'm stoked for that. Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, I will say, the, so you're moving to Philly is what I hear. Yeah, I'm moving to Philadelphia. Yep. If you don't have a winter coat, you'll need one before you go. A winter coat? <laughs> I don't have one yet. Yeah. If so, if you're listening around the world and don't know exactly where Singapore is, it's on the tip of one of the islands of Malaysia, down in Indonesia way, near Thailand. Yeah, well, it's and it's 80 degrees all year round. So, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Pretty, that's pretty awesome. But Philly, um, brutal snow, brutal wind. Um, good luck with that. Thanks for the heads up, man. I'll make yeah, sure to get uh, popped. <laughs> good yeah. wrestling. Good uh, wrestling there, though. Good wrestling there. Absolutely great wrestling, which is interesting that you picked Philly. Um, yeah. Was that your first choice uh, in, the, in, the, in the West? or? Yeah, I was picking between Philly and Houston because I really wanted to go to Booker T's wrestling school. 
But then yeah. I thought if I wanted to be a professional wrestler, if I truly wanted to pursue it, I might as well just go all out with it. And I decided I want to go train at the Ring of Honor Dojo instead. So I'm planning to go there on the 1st of January to start my term. Yeah, I mean, between Philly, here where we are, and the D.C., Northern Virginia area, uh, obviously New York is a hotbed of wrestling, Toronto, yeah. Boston, Providence, Rhode Island. So you're in the Northeast, uh, you're a couple hours away from a brand-new territory. So yeah. uh, a lot of exposure there. It's going to be great. Now, yeah, no, it's going to be awesome. Also, as, yeah. as someone who has a very large heart for Ring of Honor, it makes me so happy to hear that they're your first choice. I love them Maybe so you'll much. see me on the show. I know. I watch every week, man, so I hope so. I hope that always need lots of awesome talent in that group. I won't let you down. Yeah. No. So I guess uh, uh, coming to the U.S., uh, is there? Are you have any? Obviously, the main goal is to be you know the best and to be the biggest. There, you know, cool. Uh, yeah. Are there any short-term goals that you would like to accomplish in your time in, in Philadelphia area? I want to travel all around the states to wrestle, and also I want to travel throughout Canada as well. Those are my two main goals at the moment. Okay. What about Mexico? We are, we are a very big country. Yeah, Sorry? Canada's massive, but what about Mexico? Yeah. Uh, Mexico's not on my list yet. The other reason list. why I bring that up is because Mexico is such a contrast in different styles. The Lucha Libre yeah. style is very different than uh, in the U.S., and you can't overlook the heart uh, situation out there in Calgary, Western Canada, and even the local scene in um, Southern Ontario is pretty different as well. Yeah. Um, how in your um, in your Singapore days that are still ongoing? Uh, how do you invent yourself? I mean, everybody's starting on like that same level. How do you pre- uh, prepare yourself to stand out in such a large talent pool? I had a lot of help from my promoter and my coach because when I first started, I. I wanted to have like a generic name and my character was very generic. And my theme song, I just got something that sounded really cool. It was a song from Call of Duty and it was like really similar to everyone else. So my promoter just took me aside and said, look, you got to stand out. So we're going to give you this name called Velvet Thunder. And then I was like, it was, I, I just thought it was a very stupid name, but then it quickly grew on me <laughs> because every time I told people my name was going to be Velvet Thunder. It got such a huge reaction. So that name really did make me stand out. And also they wanted to give me a valet. They wanted me to be a cocky narcissist. So that kind of became my character. And I really had to like push the narcissism on the show. Is, so is that reflective of your actual personality in any way? Yeah. Is that just you Every, turned it to a thousand? turned up to 11. Yeah, turned it up yeah. to 11. It was the same thing. Yeah. My promoter said, uh, you're, you're quite cocky, you're quite narcissistic, so we're going to give you this character and you're going to yeah. go with it. Just as long as you don't cross into Enzo Amore t- uh, territory, yeah. I think you'll be no. fine. I, I, I heard he's got heat on him. Yeah, we're going to cover that in the news later, but um, sure. You know, he's, he's living his best life right now, I guess. Yeah. So... In the U.S., obviously the biggest market for wrestling, WWE being the Walmart of wrestling, they're everywhere. Yeah. Have you looked at other areas in the world? Uh, you know, your, your Australia, your China, which has started, WWE has a foothold in, India, Japan? 
Yeah, the thing is, before I do make it to WWE, I want to wrestle all around the world to perfect my craft and learn all the different styles of wrestling. So when I go there, I'll just be that much more ready, you know? Yeah, I just want to get all the experience I can first before heading to the big stage. That's my plan. Do you, do you have any ideal opponents you'd like to face in the other territories and leagues before you go to WWE? Is there anybody no, you really want to wrestle? I don't have any ideal opponents yet, no. You gotta aim for the Aim big. I have to watch more independent wrestling. That's what I have to do. Who do you think your okay? Let's let's stick to WWE then. Who do you think your style uh, matches? Who do you think you match up against? Uh, you know, based on your skill set. Uh, maybe not necessarily the person that you want to face in the ring, but who do you think you can have the best match with? I think I'm gonna have a really good match with like in WWE. Maybe I could have a good match with Batista. I feel like that could have a really good match with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, but he's like no, no. tired. So. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, you're Batista, yeah, local guy, so it's hard to boo him. But uh, so how, t- how tall are you? Uh, height, weight? Um, 6'2 and 205 pounds. Okay. Yeah, Batista's only a little bit bigger than that. So yeah, that, would, that could work out. Isn't he well. like six six? Uh, I would say closer to six four, like you know, okay. forty something. Uh, he's yeah. not that much taller than me, and I'm and I'm six four. Oh. You're six four. Oh. Nice yeah. man. You could be a wrestler crab. Come on now. Mm. I could be a wrestling fan. That's what I could be. But you are. Yes. Well, there you go. Come to ring of honor. Uh, then, then I'm winning. Then I, then I am winning. Um, <laughs> so you get to the U.S. Uh, shortly. Well. By the end of this month, yeah. Uh, what's the first thing you do when you get this? When you touch down at Philly International, I have to go to my university and I have to get into my dorm room, and then I have to set up my bank account, and then I will find my wrestling school after I get my phone set up. Okay. That is my plan. Nice, exactly nice. that. Uh, I, obviously, since you're going to be landing in Philly, the debate is going to be over what steak and cheese place you're going to have to uh, eat. Um, who was who in your who's your front runner? Have you got any recommendations? Because I have no idea. Well, that's I really want to try the Philly cheesesteak, though. Well, who who are people telling you? And I can tell you if they're good or bad. I haven't had any recommendations yet. Okay, good, good. Um, the touristy place is Gino's and Pat's. They're right next to each other in South Philly. That's going to okay. be the tourist trap. Okay. My personal favorite is Tony Luke's in South Philly, off of Oregon Avenue. Um, very good. Um, and st- and um, steaks on South, on on South Street in Philadelphia. Uh, those two you really can't go wrong. And then there are a bunch of others, but Tony Luke's steaks on South win every time. So great, great. I, I love Philly. Uh, we're not that far away. A couple two hour drive uh, here in DC. Um, so I'm up there all the time. So yeah, and I and I do know my steak and cheese. So great, that's that's awesome. Now, hopefully, I won't put on too much weight. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's totally <laughs> healthy for you. No, it's it's yeah, it's gluten free and everything. It's totally healthy. No carbs at all in a steak and cheese. I'll get the low nope. fat version. Oh, yeah, you'll get laughed out of the building if you do that. Um, so before you come to the U.S., what's the last thing that you'll do in Singapore? I mean, this is surely that you won't be back for a while. Yeah. Um, 
my plan right now is to get featured on as many social media pages and podcasts as possible just to do something while I'm here because my wrestling show in Singapore got delayed due to some issues for the building. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to get my name out as much as possible. I'm just trying to stay productive, basically. Yep. Hit the gym, go for training, all that. Yeah. Yep. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That makes sense. That makes sense. The um, the move to the U.S. is certainly a big one, and I know that you've said in other blog posts and your social media uh, settings that your parents weren't really the most receptive of that move. Um, right. right. Has that opinion changed any since you are kind of making a name for yourself in social media and definitely have hit the ground running? They're fine with me going to the U.S., but they're just, they're very traditional, so they want me to go to school and get a job like everyone else, and that's just not my thing. What if your gimmick was a doctor or a lawyer, and then you can kill two birds with one stone? Well, see, if I actually did surgery on someone in the ring, then maybe they'll be fine, but... That's you need a doctor gimmick, then. You can be Dr. I mean, Velvet Thunder. There is a doctor in Singapore right now, so I can't, you know... Let's copyright Well, but there is a one. There's not one in Philly, so you can be the Philly doctor. Yeah. We haven't had a doctor death in about 20 years. So. We haven't. We have not. We need another doctor so, gimmick. If there's like an injury angle I can come in, I'll be the doctor that comes in and then like takes him away. That'd be cool. Yes. I, I mean, ambulance at matches least, every night. At least all of the ambulance matches that you can have. Them. Um, all of them. <laughs> Uh, speaking of matches, do you have a favorite? Yeah, my favorite match was the one with Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania. I don't remember which one it was, but I just really liked it because Shawn Michaels did a headlock for like 10 minutes in that match, and it really amazed right. me that he could pull it off. So that's that's art. You know? so do you like that more slower, uh, grinding style of mat wrestling, or... Is it uh, more of the high-flying 205 Live stuff that, that, that piques your interest? I like storytelling. Matches with a lot of drama in it. So, yeah, high-flying is not really my thing. And, like, wrestling these days, there's, like, a bunch of moves happening one after the other, and that I find that really hard to follow as well. Because, hmm. like, you know, like how, how is this possible for him to survive this move? Right. So do you think that that suspension of disbelief is because of our, like, hummingbird-like society where things just need to happen so quickly? Uh, you know, the, world, the way we tell stories are differently now. So that would kind of stand to reason that the wrestling that we see tells different stories like that. Yeah, see, in WWE, it's different. Um, they don't really do that many moves that they do in the independent scene. So I think the moves are more towards the independent crowd where everyone mm-hmm. knows it's a work. And they know like the insights of wrestling, so yeah, I think that's located towards the smart guys. Okay, uh, and also that uh, Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels match, and I don't know why I didn't remember it because I was there. It was WrestleMania 21 in Los Angeles back in 04. Um, I don't remember that match, but I was definitely there in in LA. Uh, but yeah, you you talk about uh, different you know styles of matches and the way things are now. Um, what, is, what is your biggest misconception from being a fan of wrestling to step it inside of the ropes? So how does that change your perspective at all? It really makes you appreciate how the matches are set up because there's so much, there's so much you need to know 
it does look easy when you see it on TV. I've heard, I've had people tell me, "What's the big deal about wrestling? It looks like anyone can do it." But it's so not true because the psychology, the storytelling, you have to sell a certain way. You need a good character to stand out. So it's it's really it's like a different type of art all on its own, and that's why I really enjoy it. No, that, that's that's great, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that the idea of throwing move after move after move in a, just a rapid succession, you lose a bit of storytelling, and that's what a lot of people um, are having a problem transitioning to. How do you you can move at a hundred moves a minute, but how do you still tell that story? And that's kind of the most important part of it. So it's the detail. It's it's the detail. It's the devils in the details. So leaving uh, Singapore, if there were one person that you could bring with you from Singapore Pro Wrestling, someone that other than yourself uh, would be a good person to keep an eye on, who would that be? I'll bring my coach. It's the statement Andrew Tang because he's been really helpful with me, to me, and then he does have a lot of contacts in the states, so I could use that to my advantage and also yeah. He's a good mentor. It'll be good to have on my side. Luckily, you're uh, benefited by the time difference. Uh, have you been catching up with New Japan's G1 Climax tournament, tournament at all? No, I haven't catched up with it. The thing is, WWE takes up so much of my time, so I'm going to make it. I decided I'm going to make Ring of Honor my priority when it comes to watching wrestling. Because since if, yeah, if no. I'm going to their school, then it makes sense, you know? No, that, that totally makes sense. Does Ring of Honor air in Singapore locally? No, it doesn't. doesn't. So what's the only... Fair enough. Uh, so, what's, so what's the wrestling scene like then? Uh, how, how do people watch their wrestling? Is it just WWE on TV and everything else is online? Yeah, you can watch it on TV here. Um, the USA Network and then there's the WWE Network, which I use. Okay. But they have, um, but Raw and SmackDown are on the network. So. Yeah, they're not. So we have to wait a while for that. Uh, what, what time does Raw come on there? 8 a.m.? Yeah, Raw comes on 8 a.m. I think SmackDown comes on 9 a.m. The following day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like Tuesday morning. Monday, right. Monday, right, no, Monday night. Okay, so hell, at least it's live. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um... Have you, so Ring of Honor just had uh, your Super Card of Honor back at WrestleMania weekend, uh, which was, which is always insane. Ring of Honor is based in Baltimore. So I've definitely had an opportunity to go up there and, and see them a lot before they took their show on the road. What do you think is the biggest hurdle you'll have to overcome uh, switching from, you know, a Singapore style of wrestling to Ring of Honor? I think it's going to be the competition. I'm pretty sure Ring of Honor is very competitive, even in training scenes, so I'll have to be on point. I really have to make it my priority. If not that, I don't think I'll be able to make it. So that's going to be my number one. Is there any one uh, person in particular in Ring of Honor that you think is your biggest competition? No. No. Training-wise, the guys that are coming to train, I don't know who they are yet, so I don't know that. I'm not talking about the talent that are already on the show. All right. Well, no, fair enough. Fair enough. 
I do think that it is interesting uh, in working with Ring of Honor. I really hope that you get fully into the independent team in Philly, um, whether it's CZW or whenever Evolve comes back around, Jersey All-Pro. I really hope you have get into all of that because it is it is different. And whether it's you know 200 people in a bingo hall or 1,000 in a small um, – or in a small you know gym, it's it's quite fun. That intimate feeling of an indie show is, can't really be um, can't really be matched in WWE. You kind of lose something there, you know. So, Ring of Honor, um, they had Donovan Dijak, one of their bigger stars, um, go transition to NXT, and he's going to be uh, moving there shortly. Do you think that this is like a successful path, a stepping stone to get onto, um, you know, get noticed by WWE, or is it just the the what did Steve Austin say? Um, the talent always finds the work. I think Ring of Honor right now it is a stepping stone to go to NXT because that's I'm pretty sure in the past year at least like ten guys have debuted in NXT from Ring of Honor. So it does look like a stepping stone, but I'm not going to treat it that way. I'm going to go there and learn as much as possible and be as successful as possible. It's like Canon Ring of Honor. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no. That's understandable. But I mean, like, you know, specifically, I guess, I guess a better question is, why is WWE such an end goal? I know that it's the biggest, and one could arguably say that it's the best, but... As far as I'm concerned, if you want to watch a particular style of wrestling, then another you know, outlet may be sought, whether it's in the British uh, scene or the you know, Mexican scene. Um, based on your skill set, do you think WWE is the place where you'll end up eventually? That's my goal. That is My goal is to end up in WWE because when I was a kid, I became a fan of wrestling watching the WWE. So it was my childhood dream to wrestle for them. And also the brand is very iconic. Yeah. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of money in it, it's got more people in it, so that's like the place to be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean that that's interesting. I mean I, I, I there's no doubt about that. I mean they are certainly the eight hundred pound gorilla in the wrestling business and their legacy is it's without like, refute. You could be you could be the best wrestler on the planet, but if you're not in the WWE, people won't really know who you are. People won't, they just won't know that, you know? Well, see, I disagree with that slightly because of the, there's never been a better time to be an independent wrestler than today. Yeah, and true, because true. of the internet and because of, you know, companies are propping up, like Wrestle Circus is on Twitch, um, which is a big deal. They have, you know, two or 3,000 people. Yeah. Watching them online, as well as in uh, you know a couple hundred in the building, PWG is a, has a following of its own, and I can list companies all up and down the road. And obviously, they don't have the international presence of WWE. But I'm not saying that you know that WWE shouldn't be your end goal. But I think once you get here and you see what the landscape is and how diverse it is, I just hope that whatever you decide to do will support you 100. percent But you know, you just go where you're not necessarily where you're needed, but go where you can make the maximum uh, the maximum of your potential. Okay. Because there are as, just as much people as go to WWE and want to make it and do things. 
there are a lot of uh, you know um, Mojo okay. Rileys out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I just hope that if um, if that's the way you need to go, whatever we need to do to support that, and and hopefully once you get uh, to the U.S., uh, we can definitely uh, you know catch up with you in person because you're going to be a busy guy coming up. Yeah, um, juggling wrestling and university that's going to be tough. What are you taking what in you- university? Sorry. Then what are you taking what in you university? Say- um, I'm hey, studying, studying marketing. school. Marketing. Oh, well, that makes total sense. No, dude. That, that, yeah, absolutely. So at the end of the day, like, which wrestler has a career you'd like to emulate? Like, who, who do you want to have a career like? Do you want to be like Bret Hart or Ric Flair or, you know, who, who's got the best career for you to pattern yourself off of right now? I want to become, I'm going to use guys like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and, you know, Edge. As an example, I want to become one of those guys. I want to become a, a surefire main eventer for the company for an extended period of time. I don't want to be yeah. like, I don't want to be someone that just becomes world champion for like one or two, one or two times and then just fade away. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I wouldn't be happy with myself if that happened. Would, uh, would you find it hard to change your character though? Like if you came to ROH and they wanted you to have a different name or be a face or do something different, like do you have any ideas of what you'd want to do otherwise or what, what do you think? I'll be what they want me to be. Mm-hmm. I'll make them, yeah. You, got, you just got to keep them happy, you know? That's true. I feel like it would be super hard to choose a name though as a wrestler. Just yeah, like, that's, that's the hardest part. That really is the hardest part. Yeah, it's part. like... You, you, I think you probably have to think of like what's going to look good on a shirt, what's going to sound good to the audience, and you know what's what's catchy. But it seems like what you've got to is the kind of gimmick that is, you, you know, like you said, the name is something that gets a really good react, like a reaction from people, whether it's good or bad. So, so that's a good start. You know, I, I think that the, must be the first stepping stone is just to get a good character and a good name. Yeah, because there's so there's so many wrestlers out there. Like, I, re- I really hope they do let me keep the name Velvet Thunder, but I don't think they will. <laughs> but there's nobody else called Velvet Thunder. I think you have the monopoly on that. So, you know, you're going to be okay. I have there, a feeling. Yeah, that's how you start. I have a feeling there's, there's like a, a, an 80s hair band, a cover band, and tribute band in like Milwaukee that's like named Velvet Thunder. So, I mean. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just sue them. I bet you they can't fight. Like, put them in the squared circle. You can win. Yeah, you can exactly. I'll practice my finisher on them. Nice. What is your finisher? It's a pump handle into a rock bottom. Ooh. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, you know. Yep. Okay, so that's going to be created on uh, WWE 2K18. <laughs> Another thing that's super hard well, is trying mine. to figure out what your finish is. It's, um, so I, haven't, think- I haven't debuted it on the you- show yet, but I've practiced it in training. I like that. Do you think that it was easier coming up with a decent finisher versus a name? It was really hard to think of what your finisher would be, especially as a beginner, because you want your finisher to look cool and be advanced, but those advanced moves can be dangerous. So your promoter just tells you to pick something simple, like a clothesline or something. And you don't really want your finisher to be a clothesline. So it was just hard to come up with a cool-looking move that was simple. True. 
True, but I think, but again, the devil being in the details, uh, JBL made his name off of a clothesline. Yeah. Okada has, you know, Kasujika Okada has a clothesline that's, you know, puts people in, in the, uh, like when you're, in beginner, a you when you're a beginner, it's really hard to learn how to clothesline like JBL. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that, that's, you know, it's rough. It's rough. You're, um, you know, you, you've definitely been making a name for yourself. You've definitely been getting out there, and I've seen you a lot over social media, other podcasts, um, and I think I think that's great. You know, you definitely have the work ethic, and I'm seeing a lot of wherewithal as far as getting acclimated to the U.S. I just hope that that you know whatever Singapore is, because again, on the wrestling scale, it doesn't. It's a small town in the, in the wrestling universe. I hope you bring a little bit of that to the U.S. Because, honestly, that in itself is unique. Um, mm-hmm. There aren't too many guys from that part of the world. And the guys that are from that part of the world do a very, you know, stereotypically Asian, you know, thing. Yeah. And, and Singapore is not and Singapore is hideously diverse. So I hope whatever that thing is, whether you're like, you know, you don't have to be the golden lion or anything like that because that's what Singapore does. Yeah. But... Just saying, the Velvet Lion. Be. You know, if Velvet Thunder isn't taken, it could be a good, unique selling point that I am from Singapore, so I can find a way to, yeah, implement that in my gimmick. Yeah, I mean, because I definitely think that um, there are going to be a lot of guys, and you just have to be yourself, obviously, because Kofi Kingston said it on Table for Three that the hardest part was keeping his Jamaican accent that he doesn't actually have because he's from Boston. Yeah, yeah. so even tough. That must have been tough. Yeah, that was tough. And then, of course, he lost it. And then, you know, I remember on Raw a couple uh, months ago, um, oh, the Good Brothers called him out on him. Yeah, it was, so, oh, it was amazing. That was really funny. That yeah. was a very funny thing. Yeah, that was he hilarious. Be Jamaican. God, he's, the right. model. He's, he's basically Lana at this point, right? Like, when she's going to lose that accent. Right. So... You, uh, you know, for all the hard work you've done, you're actually sponsored by um, Al Snow's Collar and Elbow. How did that come about? So basically, my social media grew really quickly, and I wasn't making any money off it. So I was like, what's the point of having all these followers if I'm not making any money off it? So I saw that Collar and Elbow was starting to get released, so I contacted them, asked them if I could be sponsored, and I told them why I would be the right guy. Them to sponsor, and then they got back to me eventually. And I said, Yeah, sure, we'll put you on the team. And then I'm receiving their shirt in like a week or so. And I'm really happy about this because this is the first sponsorship that I'm truly passionate about. I'm passionate about clothing and I'm passionate about wrestling. So I'm really going to go all on with this. No, that's, that sounds awesome. And, you know, I can't wait to, to you to uh, bring that to the US. Do you have any dates booked in the U.S. yet, or is it just working on getting in the door here? I have to, uh, I'm like a nobody in the U.S. right now, so I have to really work my ass off to get noticed and get in the door. I think um, it shouldn't be that difficult. I should just find a wrestling school, and then they'll know that I know my basics, I know my shit, so they'll put me on the show. That's pretty much how it's going to go down. Cool. I mean, best direction between... uh point A and point B is a straight line, so it seems like you have that set already. And I'm not done learning yet either, so I really do want to go to a school and improve. 
Do you, well, have, I, do you have any of your own merch yet? Sorry? Do you have any of your own merch yet, like T-shirts or anything? Oh, not yet. I'm going to be releasing one in the, in the, when I get to the U.S. after I get on the show. That's my point. I've got money saved up for it. Good money in merch. Yes, it's all about the the merch and the constant promoting, and it's going to be a hell of a uh, time. Uh, Last question. I'm going to let you get on with your morning. Are there any apprehensions uh, about moving to the U.S.? Obviously, um, I live in Washington, D.C., and out behind the White House right now is a 50-foot-tall inflatable chicken protesting the president. That is not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I laugh at it on my way to work every morning. Amazing. Are there any apprehensions, especially since the way the world is now, about moving to the to the U.S.? Um, any any things that make you because and specifically Philly, great city, great people. It's a bit rough. Yeah. Do, do you have any um, anything any concerns when moving to the U.S. that maybe we can uh, help you? Um, I do not have any concerns about moving to the U.S. I, I've heard stories, people tell me that I'm going to get stopped there or something. But Only I'm, once. Yeah, well, I, I've always wanted to have a cool scar, so maybe it'll work to my advantage. Exactly. But I, I really, I'm really not concerned at all. I'm very excited to go to the U.S. I've always wanted to move out of Singapore ever since I was young. And it's finally happening, so I am looking forward to it. So um, maybe maybe I'll change my mind when I get there because I have no idea what the U.S. is going to be like. But as of right now, I am very excited for it. Well, it's it's big. It's very big and it's very different. You know, I live in D.C. Even two hours up the road in Philly, uh, it's a totally different culture. And two hours up the road in New York, it's a totally different culture. Yeah. Um, I guess the biggest thing we have in common is that we mostly speak English. In the South, it's a totally different deal. They go back in time down there. I don't know what happens. But, but no, I hope that I'll you get to it. see a lot of the country, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. I always do. I do love to travel, so. That's... Uh, while you're in Singapore, have you been to any other uh, region, countries in the region? I've been to Thailand. I've been to Malaysia. I am from Myanmar. I was originally born in Myanmar. Yeah. I've uh, been Rangoon? To yeah. Yeah. My good. And I went to Portugal a couple of years ago with my friends. Oh, sweet. Party. That was awesome. Well, as you, as you do in Portugal. Yes. No, that's, that's awesome, man. So, great, man. Uh, your best of luck to you. Can't wait to get you in the U.S. Hopefully, we'll see you at a local show down here in the D.C. area. But, um, you know, keep us in your Rolodex, man. Don't forget us when you get big. No, we won't. We'll, I'll give yeah, you a See you on Ring of Right, because you know we need to. Yeah, as soon as you get Joe Coff's number, you know we need we need to hook us up. Okay. We need to work for him now. But Velvet Thunder, it's it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you know, you have a hell of a head on your shoulders, and you seem to have a plan. And that's probably the biggest thing about this is that you actually have a plan laid out to follow instead of just getting here and going, meh. What do right. I do next? Mm-hmm. So before we let you go. Uh, please plug all of your social media. How can the people get in contact with you and uh, your merch and everything that you got going on? Yeah, so you can get in contact with me on Instagram at Velvet Thunder Pro and Twitter at Velvet Thunder SG. And make sure you follow FBW on YouTube for amazing wrestling. Cool. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, does uh, Singapore Pro Wrestling do they broadcast live at all on YouTube, no, or is it just? It's oh, that needs okay. to happen. No, yeah, they don't have the budget for live live shows yet. I think they'll get there eventually. We need to we need to chip in and mail them an iPhone so they can stream that live on YouTube. Oh, hair. I mean, that's all it takes. That's bad quality, though. Well, it's better than the, better than no quality, which is what I'm getting now because I can't see it, and I want to see bigger wrestling from around the world as much as you want to travel the world and be in wrestling. Because I'm I'm pretty sure that Singapore is doing something that we have we're not doing here yet. I'll tell them to buy an iPhone. Nice. All right, good. That is, that's all you can do to ask. You know, all you can do is ask. Well, with Thunder, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll have you back on the show once you get uh, into the U.S. Uh, winter is coming. I cannot stress that enough. Buy the biggest coat you can because Philly's rough in the winter. But yeah, man, it's been a great time, and we'll we'll have you see you down the road. Uh, that was Velvet Thunder live in Singapore, where it's in the future 12 hours. And, you know, he's a name that you'll need to know. You'll need to know that next. And we'll be back after these uh, messages on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. Cool. See ya. Thanks so much. Yep. Bye. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on all of our platforms, bgbgroup.tumblr.com, at bgbgroup on Twitter, and facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. All right. <clears throat> so, hello, everybody. Um, we're we're going to uh, get into our second half of the show here. Um. Jamal and Caitlin. Yeah. You guys nailed that one, huh? <laughs> um, That's kind of what I do. Vel- again, for Velvet Thunder, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, man, that's – I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed that because um, for not knowing much about a guy um, and, you know, from doing minor homework about him, to hear him actually, you know – pretty much put his story into perspective how can you not get, get behind that again and i think we emphasize this enough it's like he's trying to live the american dream he's taking a chance against his own family's uh support and he's going to make it happen he's investing in himself like to the point where it's just like you know he asked a good question wwe is it the end game a lot of people left wwe because of the fact that they knew they were better off by going out and investing themselves and it's good to see that he's trying to do this on the front end so, um, you know, really easy to get behind somebody like that. But um, so I'm getting in on the fun for the night, uh, being joined by Mr. Silly Sellers and uh, Caitlin Jamal are back. Uh, how's everybody? Good. 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 Uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you for the trade, Krabby. Appreciate that. We needed that back. Jesus. You're welcome, <laughs> sir. <laughs> And I was thinking, what would Silly Sellers do? And then made the trade. Yep, there you go. Appreciate it. We need it. We're, we're trying to get back to the World Series this time, not choke. But we'll see. Mm. So, in Mr. Kennedy news today. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I love it. What do we have for Mr. Kennedy news? No, we don't. We don't have anything. We, but let's, no, uh, no. 
Let's um. Caitlyn was live um for uh, both SmackDown and Raw, and nice. I'm just I'm literally just gonna let you take the floor here. I really want to know uh, well, the atmosphere and everything. So just just go for it. Cool. Uh, yeah. So we had Raw and SmackDown here in Toronto on Monday and Tuesday. Super fun. I'm sure. Well, I I, I don't. I'm sure you guys have all been to the the live shows. I don't know if everybody listening has been, but I don't know. It's it's always fun. I think, and I I try to go whenever they're in town, even if it's just a house show, because it's it's just it's a fun atmosphere to go like downtown, and it, you you see so many wrestling shirts and you see so many fans, and it's not just kids and their parents. It's people like like adults and you get to wear your merch and not feel awkward or weird about it. And yeah, you get to like two sweet people and high five and everyone admires your, what you're wearing. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to actually be with another group of fans who like keep up with Reddit and keep, like read all the websites and the dirt sheets and they know what you're talking about. So it's just, it's, it's a really fun atmosphere I think to go, but, um, but yeah, it was cool to be at the shows. Um, what's this stuff I can talk about, but the lack of pyro didn't bother me too much. I don't like sudden loud noises. So I was not, <laughs> I was not, I was not sweating the lack of pyro at all. Like when hmm. Neville, when Neville showed up, I was very happy that there was not any explosions. Um, it, it was interesting to watch because you can kind of tell when you're there in person, a lot of things are louder, like chants, and you see signs. Yeah. And I was trying to tweet stuff out to be like, I don't know how this comes through on TV, but this is what it's like here. Um, because uh, God, I mean, at SmackDown, Jinder was so over. We were all just screaming for Jinder, and I, I think I made it on TV. We, I don't know, we love Jinder, as, as we should. He's a good Canadian champion. Is there you go. There yeah, you go. so we were all very into Jinder. Um, there was, and people have asked me about this, is that Bailey did get booed. Uh, I have stated that that was my piss break, so I don't know if that's better or worse than saying to boo Bailey, is that I decided to get up and leave. Um, and I'm not quite sure why they did Like, I was not in the arena, so I'm not sure what the vibe was. But I, I honestly felt like between the two shows, it was a little... It felt to me like it would have felt in Chicago. Like, it was a real I, smart crowd. I felt the crowd. same way from TV, yep. It, okay, so that's the thing. is that I felt like it was a real smarky crowd because mm-hmm. we were very loud. I don't know if we were verging on obnoxious, but there were a lot of... There were a lot of chants, a lot of signs, a lot of people, you know, having a few beers, myself included. I had a lot of beers. Um... <laughs> I was the obnoxious person yelling, make out, at the Seth and Dean um, recap on the screen. You know, it, it was a fun time, but it was, you know, overall it was a good, it was like a couple shows. I heard some complaints um, after SmackDown about there not being a lot of wrestling happening. And I think, I don't know, guys, you want, if anybody, if you watch SmackDown, I mean, did it seem like there weren't a lot of matches? I guess there wouldn't be because this is essentially the go-home, or the, the yes, the two-week go-home for SummerSlam, but... Was it was it pro, it was promo heavy, wasn't it? It was promo heavy, but I guess you need to do it because yeah. you got to solidify some matches for SummerSlam on that SmackDown card. So yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I there was a dark match afterwards, which was a quote unquote Toronto Street fight, which is I mean nothing essentially, but it was uh, it was like AJ and Mura versus uh, KO and Baron Corbin. Okay, I want to think I'd had like I'd had like four beers at that. So and this is the end of the night. I'm pretty tired. And I'm just like, I don't really care about this. But you know what? I'm going to, I'm here. I'm going to watch this, this match. And, you know, it, it was every house show you've ever seen where it's very formulaic. They don't do big spots. They're just there to kind of pop the crowd and have fun. And it was, it was fun. It was fun for what it was. But it, 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 it was more, though, that we wanted to see them because they, I don't think those guys had a match on the show. So 
they just didn't have a match that night otherwise. So put them in a dark match. We can watch that. And you know, it, it also it also works to make you stick around to watch two hundred five live because people were fucking leaving. <laughs> like the mm. SmackDown's done, two hundred five live's coming and people are going. So before two hundred five live, they announced like after two hundred five live, it's this dark match. Blah blah blah. And so everyone's like, oh, we'll stay for that. So that's very sneaky. WWE. I saw what you were doing. What time does the show end? But yeah, uh, we got out of there at I think eleven. So it was about the same as going to Raw, eleven eleven thirty. You're, you're you're getting your you're getting your four hours worth both nights. So for what it it's is, it's pretty good. Show. But you know, it's a long show, and dude, like both that night and the last time I saw Raw, which was after Survivor Series, you see fucking little kids falling asleep in their chairs. Like it's kind of sad, but it's a late night and it's a school. Well, it's, a, it's summer now, but it, it would be a school night otherwise. For me, it's a work night, and it's like oh, I just this is a lot of wrestling to watch. But it was not as bad as those three nights in November. Caitlin, with the, the it was good, it was with the on SmackDown with the Randy Orton segment that came out when Rusev kind of hit him right before SmackDown went off air, um, you probably saw how yeah. that continued. How how more how much more time did that go? Because literally when it Rusev really. hit Randy Orton, it, it just cut off. You know, it you know it, it barely did anything. Like it's almost okay. like they threw Rusev in there as an afterthought. We all kind of thought Rusev was going to interfere before that because it would make more sense to actually have him do something other than just gotcha. show up. But yeah. And it was the, he's getting the short end of the stick as Rusev, which is kind of disappointing. He is. He's such a good performer. And, you know, well, buddy, I'm just, just going to say, you know, New Japan is expanding next year into the U.S. And just saying, you know, you might have options. You might have other options. Anyway. Good, good point. Yeah. So if you, if you gave the school letter grade, you know, I guess SmackDown, what it got is a school letter grade. And what would you give? Raw is a school letter grade. Who do you thought had a better week overall? What was your school out of grade for both shows, and who won the, the shows this week just by you being uh, alive? Ah, uh, God, you know what? I would probably give Raw maybe a B minus. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't a great show, but it it moved at a very good clip. I'll give it that. Like I did not feel like it was dragging being there. I just I remember looking at my my phone at one point. It was like ten fifteen. I'm like, oh shit, there's only like an hour left on this show. So. Right. Right. It was very good. It, it it had it did have more wrestling than SmackDown. SmackDown had a lot of segments. And it is hard. Anybody who's been to one of the live shows knows that it's, it is hard to sit through that because it is mainly done for the television audience. It's not done for the right. people sitting there watching it. Though, to, to, to be fair, we all cheered very loudly at the fashion police. <laughs> Everyone, every, that gets a great reaction. We were all laughing at that. It was, it was highlight of the night, probably. But I, I just think Raw moved faster. So I'd give it a you know, B, B plus, B minus. Um, I was going to get the C plus. I was not okay. super impressed by a whole lot. I more had fun just because, like, I, there were a lot of my friends at SmackDown, so we, gotcha. we all kind of hung out and had fun. It was a good time. So it's it's just it's a, it's a it's a good bonding experience. It's fun if you can go and you know. Gotcha. So, how uh, how big was the crowd there at the uh, Air Canada Center? Oh, uh, Monday. It, it was not not sold out either night. I'll definitely say it was not sold out. It was harsh on Monday. There was a dark match. It was a it was a Main event they were taping before Raw. Oh fuck! Like half the auditorium was there. It was brutal. But I mean, they film main event at like seven thirty, seven o'clock. You, you you get two matches, and it, Monday was a holiday in Canada, so a lot of people are coming back from the cottage. A lot of people are not even in town. So it, I was not at all surprised to see that there were not many people there for main event, which is kind of sad because I'm a, just a big fan of main event. I think there's a lot of good wrestling on that show. 
Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it filled in a little further for Raw, and uh, SmackDown was about the same. I think maybe there might have been more people at SmackDown, to be honest. And I, I would definitely say that's because ticket sales fail for these shows. SmackDown was the clear, better show of the two. And then SmackDown after... Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? No, great balls. What was the one that was terrible? What was the terrible SmackDown pay-per-view we had a few weeks ago? Battleground. Back after up. Battleground. <laughs> ever, after Battleground. I was trying to block it. After Battleground, everyone's like, fuck, I wish I didn't get SmackDown tickets now. But we back when we went on sale, SmackDown was super hot. So I just, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense to me that SmackDown had a bigger audience. And also, Jinder Mahal. You cannot hinder the gender. You bring the ticket sales. Jinder Mahal. 100%. Oh, and also, we all love Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is was it disappointing? Yeah, was it disappointing not seeing Chris Jericho there? Um, Ooh, I didn't think about it, that. I, it, it would have been. It was. I was disappointed to not see Mike and Maria Kanellis. To be honest, I didn't oh. see them. Very bummed out. I wanted the power of love. Um, <laughs> I was not. I you know I was not. I'm not super sad about that. But like I I saw Jericho last when he was here last November, so yep. I wasn't bummed out. But it would have it would have popped the crowd huge for sure if he'd been there. But you know, where, where do you fit him in right now? Right. He's kind of just going to be a wild card. He's going to be a wild card running up to SummerSlam, right? So it's uh, might as well not bring him in if they listen. Oh, and the other thing, no Hardy Boys. Very bummed out because Jeff Hardy's on my list of wrestlers I need to see before I die. And I was oh, very man. excited to cross him. I was so excited to cross him off my list. And then. Yeah, there, there's like, a reason why he wasn't there, and I have that in the news. Oh, okay. We'll get to that later. But anyway. Big Bunny Melts tweeted out that they're not going to be there, and I was oh, I was sitting in my seat crying into my beer. Yeah. <laughs> maybe next time. Maybe next time. Was it true that Dean Ambrose was getting booed live? Uh, yeah. As he uh, should. It was, it was more that people wanted Seth to come out, I think. And it was just – it was a – those were some interesting matches just because, you know, like the, the – we were all expecting the Shield stuff to happen. We were all expecting Seth to come out and Dean to come out. It's getting kind of formulaic at this point. I was surprised that Seth turned away from Dean with the Shield salute. I get that it, it furthers the storyline. It's more of a will they, won't they bromance. Yep. Like, I, I get yep. that that's, that's the right timing for it, but it was it, the dynamic was just kind of very strange when Seth came out to save Dean and then like, nah, peace out, buddy, and then just like left him. Yep. It, it would have made, made more sense for Dean to have left. And he's still going to be the reticent guy who's like, I don't, I don't trust you, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, it's, we, we were, you know, we, we were an interesting crowd. Lots of fun signs. Um, the dumpster fire one for Corbin was great. Kudos to that guy. Uh, someone had a, don't, someone had a don't boo Roman boo creative sign, which is very good. <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot of ginger signs. So it's, it's a fun atmosphere. I would always recommend people to go. Tickets are not super expensive if you want to, like, if you don't want to sit. There's no bad spots in a lot of arenas. There really isn't. And tickets are not expensive. So, you know, take the kids. Hold some entertainment. There's no blood anymore, so. Yeah, Jamal, take the kids. Now, uh, last, time, uh, uh, last time I was there at the Air Canada Center was for TakeOver Toronto. Mm. No, actually, I was there for Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how does that crowd compare to TakeOver Toronto, which was nuts? Uh, the crowd... From the last couple of nights to take over? Uh, no, you don't yes. compare. You don't compare it really. Like I think the pay per view crowds are just a different animal. Because pay per view was they're bigger sellouts, I think. And I, I don't think Raw and SmackDown have that same kind of appeal for people. It's just a team. You know, you can stay home and watch it on TV, really. 
And I know I have a lot of friends who, who did that. They were like, I don't even want to bother going to go see the show because we're fucking two weeks out from SummerSlam. What's, what's the big event? Whereas at something like TakeOver Toronto, you had all the championship matches and you had a lot of good hype around what was going to happen. And it was just also NXT is a thing. I'm going to be interested to see how it is at the NXT house show in Toronto, which is happening in September. Yeah, and I have sounds... tickets for that, and I'm going to really be interested to see what kind of a crowd they draw. I, I'm willing to bet it will be very large, and it will be comparable. No, it will not be the same size as Raw or SmackDown, but I bet in terms of energy and crowd interaction, it's going to be comparable. Because we love NXT. Yeah, I went to um, the NXT house show before uh, TakeOver Chicago in a yeah. suburb of Cincinnati, and that was surprisingly small. But I hear that they had like 2,500 in Green Bay um, and like, you know, 1,500 in Minneapolis for their house shows there. And um, it will be interesting because Toronto is one of those towns where it's just a good wrestling town, like a, like a Philly or a Los Angeles. So I'm really bummed that I can't go to uh, St. Cats and uh, Toronto in September. Yeah, you're, not, you're not missing much in St. Catherine, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm there for the NXT, I, you know. I mean, I, I would want to see the Falls and NXT, but Dillinger isn't going to be there, so I'm kind of over it. Yeah, sad face. It's great seeing him the other night. Love, love me some Dillinger. He should have got a little. He did. His just got cut off. The crowd was so hot for Ty. We, I wore my ten shirt. We were all into Ty Dillinger. Ty and Sammy as a tag team. I am one thousand percent behind that. Polite Canadian tag team. At least they both got something to do now. <laughs> so that's true. We need, they need, and there needs to be more tag teams on both shows. We all know that tag team division is suffering. So, whatever you can do to put it back together, hence, God, guys, do something. Hence, that's why I think that this Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, just going back to that. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually will win the tag belts at SummerSlam. I'm actually with that. And, and, mm-hmm. and with that being said, I would love to see if they could bring an angle, like a comedy angle, back where it was uh, Kane and Daniel Bryan, where you can maybe have the same counselor guy come in and try to counsel them to get the shield back together and have them try or not try to do it, I think that could be a great angle and good for both of them. Because I think they're both kind of struggling right now. Seth really has no growth right now because he's not going for a title. And Dean has lost a lot of his hype that he has since he did win the title. So this could be a good way to bring them back, Revens with straps on their belts, but still try to de- de- develop characters together in more of a comedy way to build their characters overall, overall excuse me, and not get stale. Is there a point to Roman Reigns joining the Shield ever. I think you can yeah. tease it, but I don't think no. I'm not at this point. Yeah, you don't even... I mean, he has the music, so... I mean, he is the Shield by himself. Right. <laughs> he, he took the gimmick and... He still has the chest for day one. So, you know, if he comes out by himself and the other two are together as a team, the Shield, there, there it is. So, whatever it may be. But if they're ever going to yeah, do... Some, have- they'll do some triples action, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. What would be amazing if they did a triple, uh, a three-on-one versus Braun Strowman, and he just destroyed them all. That's how you book a monster right there. Well, I will say that we booed the shit out of Roman on Monday night, and when they'd have that graphic that was last man standing, it'd be like, Roman Reigns, boo! And then Braun, yeah! We all just lost our minds for Braun Strowman. So Braun is over as hell. Love Braun Strowman. I wonder if there's a... Put him in... I wonder if there's any city that Roman goes completely over as a face. Because we even gave it to him wow. in D.C. too. We gave it to him. I'm on horse. I, 
Like I feel bad because I I was just like, man, I'm sitting here sacrificing my lungs trying to boo this guy. <laughs> Maybe Atlanta. You said Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta. Maybe. Yeah. Pensacola, where he's from, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently, allegedly, and supposedly. <laughs> so, but you think yeah. Atlanta? Don't you, you know? know? You really think Atlanta? Yeah. I mean, Maybe. I know he went to Georgia Tech, but state. No, he went to Tech. You went to Tech. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He should have gone to Georgia State and played there, but now he went to yeah. Tech. So maybe Atlanta, because you know, the hometown, you know, college guy, crowd, whatever. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, right. transitioning to, um, I will call in the lost and found category for this week. <laughs> uh, Bailey, Bailey, in her WWE career, because um, at this point, what what are they going to do with her? Um, she's out of SummerSlam, which I'm not even completely sold. I think this is definitely a ploy to try to make it a triple threat match. But forever, for whatever it is, she has lost all momentum. I don't, I mean, from her getting booed in Canada, confirmed by um, our source. Our, our, yes. yes, you. <laughs> um, and just from the booking on TV, I, w- I mean, for God's sake, if her and Lana was on the same show, I wouldn't even be mad if Lana actually went over for her on on a match. But you know, Bailey just has no momentum going right now. I think a lot of people feel like she was not the person that should have been in that match. I think we, I mean, we debated that last week. But um, you know what what needs to happen with ba- uh, Bailey, aka Baby John Cena? What what needs to happen to revamp her career to get her back in the spotlight that? She, she had. I mean, she she literally had everything going for her. Let um, her have a I, thug like gimmick. I mean, I was gonna say that too. Thugonomics. <laughs> it's the answer. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Then this put it with the street uh, profits. Then <gasps> yes. <laughs> I'll be I'll be so mad. I because I'm so over with the street profits. Like that's my new favorite everything right now. They go. They're going to be the next best everything. Completely just get that idea out of there. But no, what really happens with her? Like, she needs something. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, new merch is not going to help. Nope. She, man, I don't know. She had, for real, for real, she'll have to like team with like Emma and they just have to go on the wrecking crew together because they both could use it right now. I mean, well, I Emma like had they, a good showing on uh, Monday. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I feel like Emma may have some direction now, but Bailey, what's the direction? What's the play? What helps her over the next few weeks uh, and post SummerSlam, obviously? But uh, let me hear some thoughts here. She has to win. I mean, that's that's why she was a big deal in NXT. Um, she basically did John Cena's gimmick, but she won. You know, the reason why it was such a big deal for Takeover Brooklyn the first. Uh, her beating Banks for the uh, women's championship was that we wanted her to win, and now ugh, stupid game is still on. Uh, and now it's like, well, she doesn't win anymore. So what's there's what's what are we rooting for? And that's the same if if John Cena didn't win, if he wasn't such an accomplished you know wrestler, uh, what would he be? Because he's not a Dolph Ziggler where he can just go out there and entertain and still lose. He's not a Ty Dillinger where he can go out there and entertain and still lose. Cena has to win. Roman Reigns has to win. Bailey has to win. And she's not doing that right now for whatever reason. 
Two chains. I'm gonna throw a question at you to answer your question. So, the Golden State Warriors. Let's say three or four years ago, oh, when they won their first title, was that an upset in a way for you? Because they're like a Cinderella team. When they won their first title uh, yeah. against the Cavs. Yeah, their first one. As far as how long they took to get there. I, I mean, would you consider that a Cinderella for them? No, but I mean, because they had a. They, I, I forget what they. Uh, what year this was, but did they have the best season ever? Or was that last no, year? No, that that was that was two years ago. So think okay. four, think four years ago. No, I mean when they was on the verge of making the playoffs, but wasn't there yet. I mean they just, I mean they had good coaching, um, the the pedigree from the coaching staff, obviously, and then they had Steph Curry, who, I mean he was he was obviously the man in Davidson. So I, I would I I could not classify that as a Cinderella. I, or, I couldn't. I think it was hard work earned, okay. and I'm never going to repeat that because I hate the Warriors. So this next. All right, so it's hard work earned. So now they won, you know, two championships in three years. Let's say with the team they have now, they start to lose a lot. What mm. would you do with that team? Uh, you know, it's political when you talk about basketball. I mean, contracts and stuff. And then quick and easy answer is to say break it up. But, you know, grind it out. So the key word you said was break it up. She came on Raw, and it's not working. So what do you need to do? Break it up. Put her on SmackDown. Let her have a new type of gimmick with the SmackDown-type show to see if the balance between people she can compete against can bring some new storylines. For example, somebody like Carmella, somebody like Naomi, maybe even Natalia, somebody that you can put her new and fresh. Because sometimes what WWE does and why the draft doesn't work effectively or the shakeup is they overload too many top stars on Raw where they don't have a chance to let people develop or they need to switch and put some of these top stars on SmackDown so they can compete against new people. Now, like, for example, even though The Miz is doing great, I still think he would have been better if he would have stayed on SmackDown. That's a fair point. Let me, let me ask you a question when it comes to the women's division. There's obviously a one really person that screams the answer to this, but besides this person I'm thinking – who isn't a top talent in the women's division? Nia Jax. Who is not a top talent? Mm-hmm. Not Dana Brooke. Besides her, because that's, oh, that's the one I was thinking. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jesus, I'm smart. Um, not Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Alicia Fox. Um, Summer Rae. Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox. Uh, oh, Summer Rae. <laughs> oh, I, like, I don't know. I like Alicia Fox. Who, I, don't think, is- I, I don't think Carmella's that great, to be honest. I, she's getting better, but it's slow. So, so is that super kick her finisher now? Oh, I'm. You know what? I can't believe I even asked this question. Nonetheless, though, I, I feel like at the at the point of how things like did end up going as far as um, the separation, I think the problem is, and I believe I emphasized this before, is that they didn't carry storylines with them because, first of all, before the shakeup, there were storylines that got broken up into. And then they just seem to just really legitimately draft people into different shows without any direction. I mean, that's why I feel like that's Charlotte wrong. is a super victim of this shakeup. Yes, exactly. I have no clue what's happening with her. But at the same time, it has helped the less Alexa Bliss. But overall, nobody else really uh, benefited from this. Right. I just feel like because, again, they didn't emphasize – they didn't put people in places for – projections of storylines so like how you seen luke gallows and um and uh finn balor together you know they're just yeah well luke gallo carson and um and finn balor you see them on the show because you know what 
can happen possibly in the future where you have AJ Styles and Nakamura because you know what may be able to happen there and Kevin Owens. So you see that. But with the women, they didn't do that because we should have had Emma and Becky Lynch on the same show because of the, the great matches that, that they were having before Emma got hurt and the story that was behind that. And, you know, the horsewoman should have went two on two. In a sense, I mean, it, the split should have been two or two, but two or two, yep. one went over, and Becky and Charlotte aren't even feuding, you know? Nope. So, you know, I don't know. In regards to Bailey, though, um, I just think that, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure Kaylin probably can uh, chime in on this, that if any type of shakeup is going to happen after SummerSlam, please shake up the women's division and then completely shake up WWE with NXT. Just this completely people need to be i'm not gonna say demoted but people need to be back at full sale they're doing it baseball and, and some people need to be on the main roster like i'm i'm completely fine with no way jose coming up as a gimmick type of person he's gonna get fried that makes that makes show that makes matches fun but well, let, me, let me ask you this let me ask you this real quick do you think that uh the women's division and i think that they should have done this from the beginning should the women's division go to raw and the tag division go to SmackDown. Yes. You, you just so they before. can separate. I said it before. That's what they should have done. I still believe they should do that. But do you think that that's something that, A, could happen? Or do you think that's something that should happen? It should happen. Absolutely. At this point, anything that can be competitive with the tag team division needs to happen. I don't care if the Dusty Rose Classic came up to the main roster. It needs to be competitive because there's no legitimacy in the tag team division on either roster. And tag teams are like out here being uh, victimized left and right. I mean, they're not, they're not, the American out, the uh, American alpha being split up prematurely. I don't agree with, I mean, we didn't even get American alpha revival again. That could have happened. I mean, there's so, there's so much something people need to see. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, we got the the revival vote on injury again. So that takes out another tag team. And... But, but that just happened, and that was unfortunate because, mm-hmm. you know, that the Jason Jordan thing was well before that. Um, I do think that no matter what, and all of this, you know, water cooler talk is great, but what happens is they draw interest for a specific point. Mm-hmm. Point. They kind of go, meh, when's the next big thing? And it's almost like you're studying for a test, and then you pass it and go, meh, I don't need to notice ever again. <laughs> yeah, good point. I, I do think that that unfortunately, uh, you know, we're conditioned in WWE to believe that there are only four times a, uh, throughout the year. I would argue five with Money in the Bank that we really need to care about. We are at that's that a, that's time a now. Very Vince way of thinking too. So I, I totally buy into that. Right. We we're at that time now. Two weeks before SummerSlam, and honestly, there's really no interest for me in it. Not at but, all. And which is unfortunate, but the idea is the day after SummerSlam, then what? And that's right. unfortunate because we're not setting up any, uh, it seems to just be a hard reset, like SummerSlam is deadline, it's season finale, and then whatever happens after that is, well, meh, whatever happens to SummerSlam stays to SummerSlam. But you, you make an interesting point, Jamal, because after you're just thinking about that, if you break up the WWE season in a year into five different parts, you really could have three-month-long feuds, and as Two Chains always mentions, everything happens in threes in WWE, that if you have shakeups after 
every single one of not 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 major, but if you have shakeups after every one of your major seasons, then that would bring freshness. That would bring new things. That would bring changes that can happen where maybe a Bailey, maybe a Charlotte won't be struggling to find something to do. And if you have a long, good feud that may last three months or a champion that lasts three to six months, that may build some legitimacy. So that's that's the very interesting point that you just made. So let me ask a quick question real quick so we, so we can just put a stamp on the Bailey thing. Anybody else have any comments on what Bailey future uh, – what did they think about Bailey's future or what needs to be done to actually help her be relevant again? I'll go first and say that Bailey needs to turn on Sasha Banks or whoever the women's champion is of SummerSlam. Put a stamp she on needs to not necessarily be a heel per se. Yeah, but she needs to say that I'm not a little girl. <laughs> she doesn't have to, yeah, she doesn't have to even be Roman Reigns. But I think that um, she can still go out there. Bo Dallas and Bailey do the same gimmick. Same when Bo, when when Bo was in NXT. Yep. And Bo basically it was copying John Cena. Bo was a super heel doing it. And Bailey is kind of meh doing it, but she was over as a huge face uh, this time last year. Caitlin, I th- uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just groaning in in disgust because I've never. So, hot take: never been a Bailey fan. She's not for me. She's a child. I'm a grown ass woman. I want violence. <laughs> I want I want violence. I want violent women. She does not have a killer instinct. I'm not, she's not for me. I'll accept that. I'll accept that I am not the Bailey audience. Bailey's audience are children. She's too, like WWE is PG. Bailey is G or, to, or toddler rating. Like she's, she's, she's Fisher Price wrestler. And there is nothing in that that appeals to me. I'm assuming that there's nothing in that that appeals to many people, judging by the fact that she got booed on Monday. Um, give her Give her something that's a little more... Unexpected. Give her something that's a little has that killer instinct that has a little more intensity, and not just you know hugging and loving and acting like a, a creepy little girl. Like give, uh, give it something. Give it something stronger. Not not just. The I think fear. she can still do that. I I'm, think she, she can, can absolutely hug yeah. and love and do all that thing and then smash somebody in the head with a frying pan. I mean, I, I think that if she did something and still smile and hug and love in like a psychotic kind of Jay Mansfield kind of a way. I'll be down. You know, first of all, let's give let's keep her away from anything hardcore because that hardcore match with uh, uh, Alessa Bliss was the worst display. I've seen more violent toddlers come at each other than what I've seen. Hold wait, that wait, was that worse than Dean and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 32? Absolutely worse. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely worse. I think I think uh, Bailey yeah, may have held that. it for three seconds, and I think Alessa Bliss may have used it twice. And that was the end of the match. But, um, yeah, and on t- to both of you guys know, I mean, Sasha made, uh, what's the little girl name from uh, uh, Full Sail? The Bailey girl. Izzy. Izzy, yes. Made her cry. And it was the biggest yeah. deal ever. And Sasha <laughs> is still the most lovable person in the women's division. So, um. Yeah, being a little bit of menacing and being whatever you got to do to get to get your character over by by far, do it. No matter whatever the results is going to be, you're you're going to have your core fans regardless. So, uh, Celis, you have something on this? Uh, it's hard to say, man. It, it it's twofold. Is what are the writers going to do and what is Bailey going to do? 
and you just have to have something change with that gimmick. And like y'all said, she's not a little girl anymore. Yeah. What do you need to do to grow her up to, you know, what needs to be successful? So it's it's hard to say. Let me let me throw two more things at you guys that coincides with uh, things that's already been said. Number one, um, so you know the rumor has been that there is going to be a, a shakeup after SummerSlam. I mean, just to reiterate it again, if you've already made your point on this, does this need to happen? Yes or no? Yes. Uh huh. Yep. No. Yes, but Jamal, yes, because of your idea. Put one division on one brand and put one division on another brand. Keep your two world titles, put tag teams on one, put women's on one, and, and go from there. Yeah. I, say, I say no, because I don't think the problems that Raw and SmackDown have are irrevocable, where you just need to blow it up and start over. Um, to use your analogy of the sports team uh, here, the Washington Capitals, up there, your, your Leafs, are on paper decent, better than they should be, but they're yep. missing something that will put them over the edge that will make them a playoff team. Every okay, year. fine, they make the playoffs. Yep. Now they're now we want them to be a championship team, but they just can't get over that hump. Yep. And I don't think that blowing it up or firing the coach or uh, you know buying a championship like the Florida Marlins did twice, I don't think that that's the answer. You don't need. We're focusing on a lot of short term growth. In a long-term game, and I think a superstar shakeup because we've been down this road before. Last July um, yep. or September, or whatever it was, yep. that it was a short-term game. Where okay, the possibilities are great. What's going to happen next? And none of those things happen right. in the long term. In the long term, you know, we're getting um, you know things of the Shield re- reunited or the Battle Club was a thing. Yeah, but, but that's not going anywhere. So unless they're going to do something completely new or steal something that nobody's ever heard of before, which they've done before, I would rather see them work with what they have and put that plan in motion. Okay. And I mean, yeah, I can see that. I, me personally, blow it up. Just blow it up. Uh, what, for, for two things. Um, I think one of the most interesting angles about wrestling back in the day, obviously, is the Monday Night Wars because they always bring it up. And the other thing was the invasion. And I think that if you have the opportunity of blowing things up but still giving people the, the chance to still maybe intervene on other shows to either finish up feuds or whatever, uh, but ultimately still have their home being the other show, I think, I mean, anything that brings interest to that sort, I think, will work. But the women's division and the tag team division, as you emphasize, needs some TLC for real. Like, Total Fighters and Chairs? Yeah, that's in December, yeah. right? No, no, TLC, the group. Oh. Go, go chasing waterfalls. They don't want no scrubs. No scrubs? No scrubs. No scrubs. Yeah. Want scrubs. Yeah. Oh, no All scrubs. Absolutely no scrubs. All about your friends? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like, for real now, you can look at the tag team division. Like, is there even a tag team that you can legitimately... Like, all things of pain is the best tag team in WWE right now. Ew. Well, Sanity kind of kind of mm. did something with that, right, this past Wednesday. I mean, they they have to win. They have to win to be anything. They're interesting, but they have to win. But anyway, move, move, speaking of NXT, um, just for if you guys are, um, if you do know, I have, it, I have it handy. But just looking on paper right now, NXT Brooklyn, NXT Brooklyn, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, and SummerSlam. I mean, on paper right now, which 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 one of the shows have the best card? Just on paper. Well, I know that personally, I'm going to take over Brooklyn. 
and then I am immediately like a thief in the night leaving in the, in, at one in the morning Jump. to go home to not watch SummerSlam. Harsh. I like it though. It's a good plan. I feel I, I feel like in general, like the NXT takeovers are always better because they're leaner. Yep. It's two hours, right? Yep. There's no, there's, there's no fat. There's no fat on it. You just cut right through it. No, and it's, it's too much. Like yeah. Like two fifteen. Yeah. But compared to what they're, what are they saying? SummerSlam's going to be what, like Four seven hours? hours? Yeah, probably with, like, the yeah, it's be long. with the pre-show. With the pre-show. It's going to be long. Time chamber. It's it's going to be long and it's going to be blown out and there's going to be a lot of Michael Cole screaming his catchphrase at us. And I just I I'm going to watch it because for me and I think for a lot of people too, SummerSlam is kind of like a party thing. You get together with friends, you have like snacks, and you get drunk, and it's 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 a fun thing to watch. But you don't really watch it, right? It's just kind of on in the background, and maybe you tune in for like a match you care about, but largely. NXT's got the matches that I care more about because it is it's it's the future. It's what's gonna come up. Yep. And it's gonna I'm gonna watch it because I wanna see Adam Cole. He's gonna be there. No one tell me differently. So I just there's good there's more potential for unexpected, exciting surprises to happen at TakeOver than there is at SummerSlam. Salas? That's 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 sad. Um I mean I'm and I'm not saying sad of what you said, Kayla. It's just sad that your minor league, quote unquote, is doing better than your major league when it comes to these big time pay per views. And it's like, I want to give SummerSlam a chance because of what it could possibly do with some of its marquee matches, if you want to call it that. But the interest for me is not with NXT because I feel like I want to watch great wrestling here on NXT, but knowing that they're probably going to come up to Raw or SmackDown, I'm going to be disappointed to see what, what's not going to happen with them. And the one person I'm trying to see what he's going to do is Bobby Roode. What are they going to do with him after he leaves or when he's going to leave? So it's like I, I, I kind of don't want to give NXT all the glory because you're not going to get the same thing when they come to Raw. And it's like a big tease for me. But, you know, with that being said, I'm still going to watch your favorite NXT Brooklyn over, over SummerSlam. It's just, it's just bittersweet to me. Anybody feeling this Gargano match versus Almas? It probably would do better than what you think on paper. Uh, I mean, they, obviously, they, they both can go. We know that. Yeah. But no, I mean, yeah, but, Instead of just breaking down the whole car, NXT Takeover is obviously going to be great. Um, they we know that um, on a normal scale, it always delivers about a four or five star match uh, card. Mm-hmm. But on a other scale, it may be like six, seven, or nine star match a uh, card at the end of the day. So, right. uh, <laughs> but uh, no, for real though, it's NXT Takeover Brooklyn Three. It's going to be the last year. It's going to be star studded. Uh, Corey Graves already said that a lot of alumni is going to make an appearance. And beyond that, it's going to a lot of the rumored people should be showing up. It should be great all around. So, uh, SummerSlam is going to be too long. Um, I think that if I'm going to do anything for eight hours, I should be getting paid. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and a lunch break. But, and a bathroom break, too. Oh, you're going to have a couple oh, of those. Smoke break, everything for eight <laughs> hours. If I'm doing anything for eight hours, I deserve legitimate breaks, paid right. breaks at that. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I'll watch SummerSlam. Just don't know what part I'm going to doze off at. And um, good luck with SummerSlam running into the, uh, the eve of the night because once Game of Thrones comes on, which I don't even watch, um, who, who's going to care about it? So at the end of the day, Monday will be a lot of people rewatching from whatever they'd miss from either trying to stay up or from watching another show. So good luck, SummerSlam. Yeah. Straight up. Um, anywho, uh, I did have a few more things, but we are definitely running up on our time. So guess what I'm going to do? 
What? What I'm, are you do? I'm going to throw it off the backboard and let my man John Crab dunk it. What do you know what the backboard is? <laughs> bring in. Do we? Do we not? Do we not care? I told you I've been so tongue tied today. It's embarrassing. Crabby, what, what is the backboard? We're, we're, the back, we're, Crabby, what's the backboard? <laughs> <laughs> Don't insult first of, all, first of all, how dare you? I do know sport-related things when it comes to bas- uh, basketball. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware of, of sport. I'm, I'm, you know, calm down, okay? Okay, I um, So, okay, so a bit of the, the news before we jump into Do We Care. Um... Let's just first say that, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, because I don't really care, uh, the rumors are not true. CM Punk has not returned to WWE immediately, even though there is a Bullet Club Chicago shirt that's going to make its uh, way to Pro Wrestling Tees physical store in Chicago. I know that that is a thing that people would love to believe. I do love that Bullet Club Chicago shirt, and next time I'm there, I'm going to have to pick it up. But no... Has nothing to do with CM Punk, so stop asking. Oh, wait, God. wait, but what but, about the rumors of him being um, the guest opponent for um, the Ring of Honor? Uh, and not Ring of Honor. Um, what did I read? Continue, continue. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. <laughs> There's something I read about him being the guest opponent for somebody at some show. UFC? No, not UFC. Like, no, it's wrestling, it's wrestling. Somebody has a match, and they do not, they, there's supposed to be a guest. It's in Chicago, and um, they're supposed to have a, uh, a guest opponent, and they're trying to say it's supposed to be CM Punk. I don't I, – I didn't hear that, but I know that he's been talking to Ring of Honor. But, like um, – and, of course, they have said publicly that their door is always open to him. So uh, we'll see how well that goes. But the first thing I have uh, for the news today is Tessa Blanchard. Um, Tessa, of course, daughter of Tully Blanchard. Magnum TA is her stepfather. They were down in Disney in Orlando, and they tried to get into the park. And I say tried because Disney security would not let Magnum TA and his Segway into the park. Um, He is paralyzed, and it's very hard for him to walk. So instead of using a wheelchair, he has a Segway. And Disney said no. So Tessa tweeted um, yesterday, Disney's Magic Kingdom is refusing to let my stepdad and my little sister's siblings into the park with a Segway. He uses this in place of walking because he is paralyzed. This is absolutely ridiculous. Surprise them with a trip to Disney and then gets turned away. Happiest place on earth? <laughs> so that absolutely sucks. And I really hope that um, I hope that Disney sees that and that realize that not every disability will be the one that you expect. You know. Yep. Uh, moving on, uh, Glow. I don't have the Netflix because I hate the Netflix, but I hear that it was a big deal. Uh, good good on you, Joey Ryan, for blowing up. Uh, but Glow season two is going to happen. Oh, more Dom. Um, they good. Just... Okay. Well, that also happened in public. Um, <laughs> Glow season two is going to happen. And uh, they just tweeted this at about 7 o'clock Eastern, so a little over two hours ago. And, you know, yeah, apparently it was very well received. I do remember the original show, and it's good to see that it's coming back. That's, that's what we care. Evolve is this weekend, and I will be in New York to see Evolve 91 and the Progress Show in Queens, New York, uh, t- uh, Saturday, all day Saturday, basically. Uh, first show is Evolve at 4, and then Progress is at 8. 
But this weekend, Evolve 90 happens in Joppa, Maryland, which is not Baltimore as much as they want to advertise. And it will be Leo Rush's last show in Evolve before he heads off to NXT. Mm -hmm. He will do that show there, and then he will do MCW, Maryland Championship Wrestling, where he got to start on Saturday. So great um, send-off for him at MCW. It's going to be a good time. So if you're in the greater Baltimore, Philadelphia area, uh, head down to Joppa for that show if there aren't any tickets left. But now, since Leo Rush is officially done on the indie circuits and he's uh, fulfilled all of his dates, do you think that he'll show up at TakeOver uh, Brooklyn? Yep. Uh, yeah, maybe. No, I, I mean, he's a big name, but, like, don't oversaturate it now. We get Adam Cole. That's that should be enough for the star power for. And then we get Dijak. That's definitely the icing on the cake. So if I see, I'm Leo just saying, Rush, you guys were in Dallas, and Kota Ibushi appeared. Crazy, crazy. And we didn't know why. Crazy. It was nuts. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> crazy. So we don't. He, that doesn't mean that he has to, you know, show up on NXT TV, you know, next week. Uh, but. I would like to see him pop up along with an Adam Cole, along with a Dijak, and along with you know someone else. But that's going to be awesome. I know that personally, it'll be my first time seeing the Bruiserweight uh, Pete Dunn live. Uh, no, my second, because I was in Chicago with you guys. But um, can't wait to see progress. I've never seen a show of theirs uh, live. And I can't wait to see Keith Lee, um, the man of the hour, who we hope to be talking with before his show next week uh, in Nova Pro Wrestling. So, we got to talk to Mike about that, too. This is a busy week next week for us. But we'll move on uh, to uh, Japan. The New Japan G1 Climax is this weekend. Uh, their final is this weekend. So stance right now in Block A, Setsuya Naito and Hiroshi Tanahashi, 12 points apiece. Kazuchika Okada uh, has 13 points, and he is one up on Kenny Omega. So Naito and Tanahashi will have to uh, fight it out for... The championship. So I think the championship is actually Saturday morning uh, in the East, or here in, in the Eastern time at about like 4 a.m. So I know I won't be up for that, but that's New Japan World. Uh, it's nine bucks. So you can certainly catch that on demand as it's in the middle of the night. Now, do we care? Simon Gotch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yep. Uh, Simon Simon Gotch uh, recently spoke out about uh, the rumors of Enzo Amore. <laughs> Do we care? Yes. Yep. <laughs> so he says uh, in a uh, video from RF Video, he says, and I quote about Enzo Amore, I will say to his credit, he believes his own bullshit. He is 100% confident in himself to his detriment and the detriment of others around him. He is an example of someone who has no excuse to not know wrestling, but he doesn't know wrestling. He broke his own leg trying to counter a wrist lock. Yeah, when he was in the wheelchair on NXT TV, that's how it happened. He broke his own leg trying to counter a wrist lock. He blamed it on the campus. <laughs> um, and when asked about the current um, WWE heat uh, when they were together for payback last year, he says, well, he didn't know if there was any heat, but I think most people know that Enzo was kind of a clod in the, uh, in the ring. So, you know, if you don't believe Gosh, who people say is kind of a, a prick also, he's, he's not, uh, he's confirming a lot of stories that are being told about him. 
So, um, so can I ask a quick question? I know this like, do we carry your segment? So now we're thinking about that concussion that happened. Are we, feeling, are we feeling different about that now? Um, no, because I don't think that that was something that was anybody's fault. It was definitely totally accidental and it could have happened to anybody. Yeah. How many baseball slides have we seen Antonio Cesaro um, dive into where you go, you know he's going to shatter his knee one of these days. Right. So, yeah, I mean, could he have protected himself better? Obviously, sure. Hindsight says he could, but uh, I think that particular spot was, you know, what are you going to do? Gotcha. Um, so, uh, keeping on with, uh, you know, if we care, uh, low-key of TNA, Sanjay Dutt, uh, and Trevor Lee sat down for their weekly <laughs> conference call. Um, it was not a comedy show, so I don't, I don't know where the joke's from. But Trevor Lee has some choice words for 205 Live um, in general. Do we care? Yep. Yep. You're on the road yeah. today. Okay. So uh, Sanjay was asked about 205 Live, and uh, so was Lowkey. Um, and they both had pretty respectable things to say about the, the differences uh, between the X Division and why they feel that that stands out more than 205 Live. Okay, fair enough. But Trevor Lee said, you know what I want to, you want to know what I, you want to know what 205 Live is? It's garbage. I'm 225 and I'm the X Division champion. None of those guys can hold a dime to what I do. Get out of here. Can't argue with that. But to say that 205 Live is flat-out garbage, it is interesting, though, that the X Division is not based on weight. It is based on, you know, being a, you know, a cruiserweight, so to speak, but it's a particular style. And I think if it's if 205 Live was based on a style, that would have been interesting. But, of course, it couldn't be 205 Live if you have a guy like Keith Lee uh, flying around the ring as well as any of the other guys do. More Keith Lee pl- plugs, more. Well, you know, he's the man of the hour. Um, the last thing is about John Cena versus uh, Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura. Wait, wait, wait. Before you that, you say she was going to mention something about the Hardys in the news? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, so uh, Nakamura uh, delivered a wicked uh, reverse exploded suplex to John Cena. But luckily, uh, Cena's neck is about the size of a 100-year-old tree, and he came out okay. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently some of the people in the back uh, have feelings about that. Do we care? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's important. Is it really important? It is just John Cena. Don't be sorry. So, right. And he said that to Nakamura after Nakamura was like, oh, crap. Uh-huh. I just beat up John Cena. That's not okay. But apparently Vince McMahon was legit pissed about it. Um, and McMahon, who has been rumored to not be the highest on Nakamura for a number of different reasons, um, mostly pro-American reasons, uh, he hasn't lost faith in, McMahon, in uh, Nakamura, McMahon has. But it seems that this thing was a definite strike against him. And whatever um, Nakamura could do, and his position to keep, you know, McMahon in his good graces, he'll need to, he's on thin ice, uh, I'll say. Um, so that is, that's, uh, do we care for this week? But the last thing that I forgot about, because it's not on my main screen, uh, Jeff Hardy was not in Canada. Uh, 
this weekend for the house show in Kingston, Ontario, I believe, and and Raw. And the reason why is because the Canadians won't let him into the country. Um, no. He got busted. Yeah, your people. They said no. No. Um, no. So, so he can't come into the country because of his uh, um, conviction, drug conviction for 2009. Um, the only reason why he was able to go to Europe to do that thing was because he got a special visa from the EU, from the UK, not the EU, to uh, be able to travel there for work purposes. But yep, that uh, felony conviction of interstate drug trafficking and drug use and drug paraphernalia, he had a lot of issues back then. Uh, kept him from being, um, from traveling into Canada. So, because he couldn't go, they uh, decided to not have him, um, they, get, they decided to give him and Matt the weekend off, and he should be back on uh, Raw next week. So, that's it. Do we care? All right. All I right. Care. Oh, one last thing, one last thing. Um, Mr. Kennedy? I, I'm, I'm, who? Um, I'm going to try to see it when I'm in New York this weekend. It's the only place on this side of the planet that I can find this theater, uh, this movie uh, screen in the theaters. But Seth Rollins and Wesley Snipes. So um, excited. Yeah, that's actually out. It came out last weekend, um, August 4th. It is available on demand, so check your local cable provider. Um, but I hope to see it in the theaters this weekend. It's called Armed Response. Are oh, you have high hopes with that? or Absolutely not. Okay. Hey, to the Vince McMahon thing, uh, they said Billy Graham said something about it. I'm trying to read this real quick. Did you already read uh, it? So basically, uh, Billy Graham said Vince McMahon needs to stop being a crybaby and experiment a little bit more. Um, let the kids be the kids and let the, you know, the workers work. Um, this isn't 1952 anymore, and this is not the way we do wrestling now. Things change, and you need to change with it, basically, is what he said. Hmm. Okay. Well, that right. is... That's why, that's why they're not yeah. Yeah. Um, la- <laughs> in his La La Land. Cena is on his way to La La Land. <laughs> if that's, I mean, if that's a mon- synonymous for winning the uh, Oscar, then it's good. Does he, you think he'll ever win one? No. Cena? No. Yeah. The Rock, the Rock won't even win one. Two, fair point. Anywho, so, um, yeah, that wraps up our, um, extra hour and 30 minute show today um again a, a special uh thank you to uh velvet thunder for joining us uh and uh jamal galen for handling the interview this um first part of the show really really good stuff there um and we got some next week's gonna be a really really interesting week um I, as soon as i get confirmation then we'll put it out there but uh stay tuned so um my best advice to you if you want to make sure that you know and then you're aware if you're not constantly monitoring our twitter hit that subscribe button on our youtube channel so you know when we go live you will know but um other than that i'll be looking forward to nova pro on friday we'll be live in the building pre-show uh 6 30 um we should definitely have mike on the show next week as is our usual routine so um expect to hear something from that and um yeah if we don't <laughs> talk too much next week we'll definitely have our regular show on thursday as well too so a lot coming from us as usual before our nova pro show so make sure you tune in for that uh the crew anybody any closing remarks before we get out of here 
Not for me. Um, I hope everybody's having a good summer. Uh, football is back. Uh, be on the lookout. Me and Two James are going to try to come with our football preview show soon. Um, so, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, Crabby, you're always welcome if you want to talk football fantasy. Uh, sure. Are we talking rugby? No, we're talking the American kind, the American pitskin. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we'll be um, doing a little something-something. We'll be making our picks for the week. So something short and sweet, nothing really. Go Argonauts. Um, yeah, but you know, we'll give you let you know who we who we feeling for the week and so forth. So look forward for that. Kaylin, you have anything for us before we roll out? Yeah, not too much. On Sunday here in Toronto, we got Smash Wrestling's got their super showdown show. It's gonna be awesome. Uh we're gonna headlining match is Speedball Bailey versus Bobby Lashley. First time Lashley's been in Canada in I think ten years. So that's gonna be a match of karate versus punches. <laughs> and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be good. It's good. That's gonna be a fun match. It's gonna be a good weekend. And then yeah, then next week there we got wrestling trivia in Toronto next week. So can't wait to lose like we always do. It's a very hard trivia night. <laughs> and then um, there's a lot of wrestling trivia that people should know. Yeah, and then they're just rolling out of SummerSlam. It's gonna be a good week of wrestling for sure. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. So um, make sure you follow Caitlin on her Twitter as she frequently complains about Michael Cole's uh, volume um, and yeah. your. And your Twitter um, handle is what again? Uh, it's Crusada, but it's spelled C-R-I-S-E-Y-D-E. And you can follow Mr. Grumpy Crab himself on Twitter. Uh, keep up with your latest movie reviews. Um, and he's at Giant Crab with a K, C-R-A-B-B. And um, Mr. Silly Sellers, who... Uh, um, frequently is the poster boy for Mr. Kennedy. So just follow Mr. Kennedy if you're looking for him. So, and that just does that. But again, for the crew, I appreciate you listening tonight. And uh, we will catch you guys next week at an uh, undisclosed time because we have not scheduled it yet. But be stay tuned because something special is going to happen earlier in the week. So we'll catch you then. <laughs>